Welcome to The Complete Angler, your source of information on the outdoor industry in central Canada. With over 35 years in the field, host Don Lamont covers topics and issues with industry leaders and influencers to bring you up to speed on what's happening in the outdoor world. And now, here's your host, Don Lamont. Welcome to the Complete Angler Podcast. I'm your host, Don Lamont. On today's episode, we have the Managing Director of the Manitoba Wildlife Federation. She has more than 20 years of experience in the outdoor industry, plus a degree in wildlife biology. She is passionate about her work with the outdoors. She initiated and teaches annually Manitoba's Becoming an Outdoors Woman and various firearm training programs for youth, women, and families in Manitoba. She's also an active team member of an all-ladies train-the-trainer waterfall group called Hunting for Knowledge, Team Lady Fowlers. In 2017, she was awarded Canada's Top Outdoors Woman Award. Carly is an avid waterfall hunter and bow hunter for big game, but enjoys all outdoor adventures, including fishing, trapping, and hunting. She resides in Oakville, Manitoba with her husband, Clark, and their three-year-old daughter, Bray. Carly Deacon. Well, welcome, Carly, to the Complete Angler Podcast. And uh, as we all know, it's kind of been a crazy year, but we're moving ahead for uh, for 2021. But mm. uh, let's talk a little bit about you. Um, I, you know, you started out going to university and becoming a, you know, majoring as a wild, wildlife biologist, did you not? I did. Yeah, I went to the University of Manitoba. Uh, I got a major in zoology, which is just a fancy word for wildlife bio, and actually started my career uh, working pretty much under masters and PhD students in universities across North America, collecting research, just field research job, contract after contract. So you have been in the outdoor industry for more than 20 years now. How did you, how did you, that part of, how did you get involved in that part of it? Um. Every job that I've worked as a research student or assistant, um, every single one of my colleagues were hunters. And I, I didn't grow up in a hunting family. I grew up in a very outdoorsy family. Loved to fish, loved to camp, lots of hiking. Uh, you know, grew up in Northwestern Ontario. So, so, but I didn't have a hunting background and, and I never understood the connection and, on why all these biologists and conservationists were all hunters. Um, until I met Jim Fisher and Rob Olson over at Delta Waterfowl and, and they, and they said, you know, every conservationist is the most passionate about hunting because, you know, we're protective of our resources. We're protective of our lifestyle. We're protective of what we want to sustain for our future generations. So, uh, they took me out hunting and the first time I went, I absolutely loved it. And they kind of took me under their wing and, and mentored me for a few years until I became, you know, successful on my own. And. Um, that's how it all started. It was just this massive connection between conservation and hunting that a lot of people don't understand until they understand and get out there and see it for themselves. And, you know, a lot of the money that comes from our licenses and stamps and all the things that we purchase as hunters goes back to conservation. So there's a huge connection there. Thus, your role with the uh, Manitoba Wildlife Federation as the managing director. But it was a it was a long road up until that. And and you know, you've initiated a number of programs with the Federation, including Becoming an Outdoors Woman. Tell us about that. Right. So um, 
when you're given the gift or the opportunity to start hunting from a mentor, you kind of feel this incredible urge to give back to other people. And um, working with Delta, that was uh, that was a huge initiative for them was the, the mentored hunt side and, and getting new people into the outdoor industry and introducing them to hunting and fishing where they otherwise wouldn't have the ability if they didn't grow up in outdoor in a hunting or fishing family. So so there, there's a huge recruitment, retention, reactivation um, portion of, of these nonprofits that are passionate about conservation because it, the future of getting more hunters and anglers out is the, is the future of these organizations. It's the future of conservation. It's the future of our members. It's more members for us too. So there's a massive connection there. Um, becoming an outdoors woman and, and the programs related to women, there's, there, was, there was such a lack um, like a major gap in opportunities for women to try it. And, and I found that the more you introduce them, the more interested they became and they just became monsters in our industry, you know, like they, they, they latched on, they loved it. They loved to learn it. And then they became so, so addicted and, and, and carried on with the Federation from, from the beginning when we met them right until the end. So, you know, they became volunteers for us. They became people on our committees. They became, you know, program participants on multiple levels. So, so the women proportion, the, the women aspect of all of that was huge. And um, it's, it's one of the, it's one growing demographic that we have in this industry. You know, there's more and more women every day and, and it's great. It represents more of a family perspective to hunting and angling. Um, it, it removes the barbaric kind of, you know, hunting image that once was and, and shows that it's a, it's, a, it's a lifestyle. It's an outdoor pursuit we can do with family. I mentioned in my intro that you, in 2017, won the Outdoor Woman of the Year Award. Um, that had to be pretty satisfying, I guess, in a humble <laughs> sort of way. Very humble sort of way, yeah. Yeah, it was it, it it was a shock to me a little bit. Um, I I I don't understand. Like I I'm going to be blatantly honest with you, Don. Like I'm not an expert in the outdoors. I'm I'll never say that I'm a professional hunter or angler. I'm not. I have so much learning to do in every aspect of that. I think everybody does. I don't think there's there's such thing as a professional. I think you learn every time you go out, but. Um, I, I just had a huge role at the time in, in introducing new programs and, and, a, and a big one was the, um, the introduction to a lot of women's programs. I started a women's waterfowl hunt in 2007. I think we've been running it for 12 years minus this last year, but there was, there's a whole bunch of initiatives I took on the mentored hunt to recruitment side of things that, that was recognized. And I think that's, that's why they gave me the award. You know, with the, with the pandemic, um, your development of all these programs couldn't have come at a better time for all the people, the new people that want to become involved in both hunting and fishing, and especially the, uh, women and children. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you must have seen a, a huge upsurge in, in the information that people want from you and the Manitoba Wildlife Federation. 100%. It, it was a big shift, though, because our programs are canceled, so we couldn't, you know, yeah. deliver we couldn't deliver in-person training opportunities to all these people that are in dying need of it right now, but uh, we kind of took the virtual road and, and we're starting to test that out a little bit and getting experts uh, able to access these people in their homes and, and deliver some virtual programs to them. So, but, but it's, it's neat to see, it's neat to see all the families take this up and, um, and, and I hope once we get programs going again, they'll, there'll be a big uptake. 
Well, some of the biggest changes too, and, and people must be aware of this, that you can take your hunter safety training course online. You can mm. buy hunting licenses online. You can buy your fishing licenses online. And I know that you and the Manitoba Wildlife Federation played a big role in that. Yeah, yeah. We launched the online program um, with, with Fresh Air Educators. And um, there's a few jurisdictions. There's a couple jurisdictions in Canada that have an online-only program and, and, and many in the States. So we did a lot of research behind before we launched it. Um, the uptake was unbelievable, Don. Like we we graduated a total of three thousand approximately students in all of 2019, and we're we're over we were over five thousand by mid December. Wow! So so it was incredible. And 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 what does that mean? I'm not sure. Does it mean that people were looking for something to do in their homes and had access to computers and can do it easily, or was there you know barriers with accessibility to instructors or just a general interest in the outdoors now? Probably a combination of everything, but great. So great for everybody. It's especially the MWF. It's been really good. So we both sit on the Lake Winnipeg or Lake Winnipeg Stakeholder Committee. And uh, there's been a lot of changes. Uh, I mean, obviously, you haven't been able to get in person to talk about some things, but there's right. been a lot of positive changes in some of the resource management issues in this province. And most of it has become through uh, lobby efforts by groups like the Manitoba Wildlife Federation. Mm -hmm. Lake, the Lake Winnipeg file, um, it, yeah, for sure. We, we've been driving that one hard, um, but the the winnipeg working committee um and all the stakeholders involved have had a massive impact on that as well um we, we had three major wins i believe in the last you know year and a half with lake winnipeg um one being obviously the first round of quota buyback so you know 89 fishers um sold about 520,000 kilograms of their quota uh, so the government launched that one. We pushed for the mesh size change. So our minimum mesh size change is now 3.5 from three inches. Um, that was a huge win for the when the walleye or the Winnipeg walleye working group. Um, the last one was on the recreational fishing side, which I think is really great. And and, and in our last meeting there, Don, there was unanimous support for all the angling community to support any type of regulation change that would help with the sustainability of that fishery and. And they did change the slot size. So, you know, minimum of, or the 35 centimeters or less walleye and sauger would be released. So 100% um, support from the angling community on that side too. So it's really nice to see all the stakeholders come together on that. All reports over the last year seem to indicate, Carly, that it really's already had an impact. People are catching uh, trophy sauger on the Red River again. And in Lake Winnipeg, uh, the fishing on the big lake is, was uh, fairly spectacular this year. I mean, obviously, there was a reduced effort from the commercial side because of, of, of COVID, because there was no market for a lot of the fish because the restaurants were all closed. So, I mean, it was a win-win in a couple of different areas. And if, if we can get these uh, walleye to, uh, you know, spawning size, uh, yeah. that's why the, the, the increase in the mesh size and the lake is, I think is going to be become again, very sustainable. Don't you agree? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. This just gives the, those fish that were originally caught before they were able to spawn, you know, a couple more years to grow. Um, so I, I think the stats are, you know, 50% of what's caught in 3.5 have reached maturity and have spawned already. So that's a significant amount in, in relation to 34% that were in three inch nets. So 
so there's there's a big jump there and and the slot size is going to help too i i think i think it's a it's definitely um major changes in the right direction for that fishery it, it, and good on the government i'm proud of the government um for for taking those on and uh big steps from their from their aspect yeah, and there's a lot of credit has to be given to this administration. I mean, uh, Rob Olson, as the managing director of of the department, has uh, had a has had a huge impact. And you know, Rob, going all the way back as as one of your mentors, right? Yeah, hundred yeah. uh, percent. Yeah, yeah, he's a powerhouse in that role, and and a minister that shares our outdoor passions helps a lot too. You know, Minister Peterson is 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 incredible. Um, I got to spend quite a bit of time on him. We spent a great day out on Lake Winnipeg with him talking about um, the fishery and spending some time with some of the biologists that are that, that are doing the index netting. So we got some really good feedback and some information from them, which is which was great. And he's been supportive the whole way. So well, let's talk about how the MWF, the Manitoba Wildlife Federation, is doing uh, during this time where it's it's really hard to get together. Are you guys hanging in there as a group, a nonprofit? Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, it was it was a struggle in the beginning. You know, you you make plans for a year, <laughs> a year of growth and hires and 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 taking on projects that have been you know on your bucket list for for a while. And and it, and it seems COVID kind of wiped a few things clean and and made us start fresh again. But um, you know you know what it did is it it made us focus on our core. Um, and, and it really gave us the ability, you know, all of our, everything was canceled programs, fundraising events. So we had to get crafty with our financials. Um, but it made us, uh, really hone in on what was important to our members and, and put some quality time on those advocacy files that really matter to our members. Um, and it also allowed us, allowed us to improve our communications dramatically. So really look at how we're communicating with our members and the angling and the hunting and the outdoors community and making sure that the information and everything that we're doing um, and all of our stakeholders are doing are, are, are related to our members. So, so those two areas, Don, were outstanding for us. Um, we're, we're actually in really good shape going into 2021. Um, financially, we're, we're solid. Um, our members are solid. Our affiliates are solid. But, but there's concern, hey, like we don't, we don't know how long this is going to last. Um, it seems like it's kind of a turning point for the Federation in, in starting to think of ways that we can help our affiliates be, you know, sustain themselves, selling memberships, uh, fundraising, everything is kind of a, a new slate and, um, and we got to get crafty a little bit if this, if this is going to carry on through 2021. So there's a little bit of nervousness there for us on our end, but in terms of advocacy, communication and landing on solid ground, yeah, we nailed it. it it's been a great year for that. Well, that's great to hear. Now, I'm a yeah. new hunter or angler or fisher. Uh, where do I go to find out information from you guys, Carly? Um, we have a brand new website as of April, so mwf.mv.ca. Um, we're extremely active, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So um, everything is up on there, relevant news, invites, everything like that. Uh, we also have a weekly e-newsletter. So if you go onto our website, uh, you can register and subscribe to our e-newsletter. And that e-newsletter tells you everything that we're working on from advocacy programs to, you know, membership campaigns, um, virtual programs, everything that MWF is doing is, is communicated through the e-news. Not only that, but if you want to become a member, which is, I must mention, extremely worthwhile to support, mm -hmm. given all your advocacy, um, that's online too as well, right, on your website? 
You betcha. Yeah, you can you can become a supporting member of the of the MWF. Um, or if you live in uh, in any of the rural communities, we have 110 different affiliates throughout Manitoba. So um, I do encourage you, if there is a local game and fish in your area, to get involved with that local game and fish chapter. Um, and you'll you'll get everything you would get with a supporting member in terms of insurance and support and e-news and invitations, but you also get that connectivity on a community level with that well, local game. That's great. So what does the future hold? Oh, God. <laughs> unknown. <laughs> the unknown future. <laughs> First question in the world, Don. Yeah, I wish I knew that one. Yeah, um, we all do. Yeah, I know. It's 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 kind of uneasy times right now, like I said, but um I think I think the future is pretty bright right now for the federation. I uh, in terms of advocacy, we've we've built extremely um we've built strong relationships with with government. Um we've gotten, you know, a lot of the things over there, you know, there's been restructure and reorganization and positions filled, so going forward, there's a lot more support on their end, which is gonna help us a lot too. Um, I, th I think a big one right now going forward is just um, is just ensuring the success of our affiliates. That's a big one for us this year. Uh, we, we really wanna try and um, establish a system that allows them to purchase memberships online as well. So that if this does continue and the interaction and one-to-one -one is gone, then our affiliates can still be successful in selling memberships. Um, so th there's a lot, um, again, the fundraising side, we need to be creative again. The, f the future is really unknown, but it's nonprofit. You know, we, we take things day by day and we evolve and adjust with change really well. And that's the greatest thing about staff in a nonprofit. We're generalists. <laughs> we're generalists. So, so, so we pitch in where we're needed and, and, uh, and we fill in the blanks as we go here. But, um, the, the future is, uh, I've never felt better about the Federation in, in all the time that I've worked here and all the time that I've been associated with it. it it's really positive here right now, Don. Like I, I can't say enough about this year and, and what this is. This is probably one of the most remarkable years of my career in terms of what we've established and gotten to. So it feels good right now, the future, whether the pandemic sustains or it doesn't. I, I, think, we're, I think we're in good shape. Well, I'm really glad that you were able to come on the show carly because i've always always respected you for your work as an educator which i don't know some some of our young people especially don't understand how important it is to give back how to how to mentor how to educate how to get the word out you know um i mean that was a big thing in my career when i met al linder he said what can i do don to help you be successful in the industry and, and it's people working together that allows you to do that. Like you got mentored, you became very successful at promoting, especially women become involved in the sport of hunting and fishing. And mm -hmm. those are, those are key roles. So congratulations. Your outdoor woman of the year award is Thank well you. deserved, <laughs> very Thank well you. deserved. Um, Carly has uh, videos that you can see that educational videos. Um, she's a, dynamic motivational speaker so down the road when um we are allowed to get out in public yeah um, make sure you look her up and and book her and she'll do a thanks. job for you thanks carly thanks, so much for coming on thank the show you. thanks for having me i appreciate it all right <laughs> okay
Thanks for tuning in. Visit hookedmagazine.com to subscribe to The Complete Angler and never miss an episode.